Welcome to Eventive Entrepreneurs, the podcast for business inspiration, featuring innovative entrepreneurs sharing their stories, best practices, and actionable tips, sprinkled with my favorite topic, event planning advice to build community and grow your business. I'm your host, Sarah Brush. Let's get this party started. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. If you love talking about events, this episode is for you. So our guest is Ashley Lawson. She serves as the Vice President of Business Partnerships at Achieve Incentives and Meetings, a global meeting and travel incentive planning firm that helps event planners design and deliver luxury incentive trips and executive meetings. They exist to bring ease and delight to planning. Through personal service and flawless execution, they help bring bucket list experiences to event teams and customers to improve loyalty, culture, and revenue. Hi, Ashley. Thanks for being here. Oh, hello. I Actually, I should say aloha because I know <laughs> we're going to be talking a lot of things about Maui, Hawaii. Oh my gosh. I am so excited to hear all about this. So just so everybody knows, Ashley had reached out to me on Instagram and had shared about this amazing 600 person event that she just put on in Hawaii. So I was like, you need to come on the podcast and share all about that. So we're definitely going to get into that. <laughs> Thank you for the warm welcome. Oh my gosh, of course. And I did want to start with just kind of learning about your business. And I know it all started with a simple love of flying. Yes, it did. So I would say travel and events, they are quite literally in my blood. Um, so I work with our team at Achieve Incentives and Meetings. We're based out of Cleveland and we are a full service incentive and meeting house. And this year we're actually celebrating our 70th anniversary. Wow. And the, the, we came about because it did start with the love of flying. My grandparents actually worked at the Cleveland airport together. And my grandma was a ticket agent and my grandpa worked for the airport and they met over coffee in the break room and, you know, just saw the planes going off in the air and thought, you know, I want to do this. So my grandpa got his pilot's license and they decided to start a travel agency and it, it quickly turned into an event agency and using travel as a tool to celebrate people. Oh my gosh, that is so special. And so it has literally like all of the generations kind of worked in this business in some yeah. level or not. Oh. Yes, I, all of my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, my grandparents, their siblings. So everybody's been in it and has a, a deep passion and love for travel and, and sharing it with really everyone we know. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so fun. Can you remember like your kind of first experience when you were younger, just feeling like, oh my gosh, this is, I mean, it's in your blood already, but that you just knew, like, I definitely want to be in this industry. Yeah. I mean, luckily because we are a family run agency, we, we do have some flexibility. And I remember being super young and being in Mexico, my, there I think there was an extra room that our clients couldn't fill. So my mom and, a, and I were able to go on a program, but just, you know, be with ourselves. And we ended up picking up my grandma because she had to fly to Mexico because she went to Cuba. 
And she got special permission from the US government to go to Cuba because she had been to over a hundred countries. So it was this century travelers club, but she wasn't allowed to fly back into the United States. So I remember telling people that when I got home and like told school friends, they're like, your life isn't normal. I was like, this is so normal. You know, it was just a <laughs> life of travel and, um, you know, growing up for the holidays, my grandparents would bring us um, like toiletry kits from the airlines or hotels. And that would be our, our Christmas gift. And, you know, everything was always centered <laughs> around the simplicity and the complexity of travel for, for our family events. Oh my gosh. And then how has it like developed through the years into like focusing on incentive and meetings? I mean, did it start with just maybe more like, you know, meeting local meeting and events or was it always incentive focused? So it started as a travel agency in 1952, and my grandparents were just pioneers and innovators, and they started a transportation company. So they would go pick up the local Cleveland VIPs and drive them to the airport. And one day, one of one of the gentlemen who was a client, he was actually the VP of American Standard, a huge plumbing company. And he was kind of lamenting to my grandpa saying, you know, I can't get my distributors to only sell our products. And how do I build that loyalty? So this was in 1959. And my grandpa said, well, why don't you let me plan a trip for them? So he said, <laughs> oh. yes. And our first ever incentive was in 59 at the Grand Hotel in Michigan. Um, wow. So ever since then, it's been focused on incentives and really how you use travel as a tool and, and a treasure chest to motivate and celebrate people. That's incredible. And I can't imagine just the excitement to work with a business like yours that has so much history and so much passion. Like I'm just even just so excited just talking to you about it. And I just, oh, I love it. So it's so cool. Yeah. We have um, a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we get into talking about the um, Hawaii event, I wanted to talk to you about being a safe travel ambassador because I read that in your bio and also have how you've been living in different countries and mm -hmm. it's just so cool. And I know obviously like there's so much around safety right now that, you know, mm -hmm. people are thinking about and when they're planning events or thinking about having events, can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I, I live this crazy life now. Um, so back in 2020, when the pandemic hit, it, I mean, you're you're in this industry. I feel like anybody in events, meetings, travel, we just felt, you know, our industry was getting ready for extinction. And, you know, it was the same for our company. Like, what are we going to do? And every day we would get calls from clients saying, you know, do we move forward with this program? Do we cancel it? Do we postpone it? Like, what is it like in these destinations? And honestly, it was just, it was devastating not having the answers. I mean, as a, you know, what we call a third party or outsourced planning firm, we're here to have answers and we didn't have them. And it was frustrating and we couldn't be the resource that we've known to always be. Um, so I just decided, you know what, I, I want to have the answers and so much of the information that we had was, was based in, you know, rightfully so fear and not understanding what the state of travel was in other places. So I ended up going to Mexico to help resolve some contract issues. And what I saw in Mexico was that they were actually really well prepared and had done so much around 
welcoming visitors in a really safe way. And I started sharing about it. And the more I shared, the more people were like, oh my gosh, that's really happening. Like there's temperature checks when you walk into the hotel or not only is there hand sanitizer, there are shoe sanitation pads. And, you know, there was just this over and beyond uh, landscape of safety that I hadn't seen before. And it just made me more curious to know how other destinations were preparing. So I did a crazy wild thing. And my husband and I said, you know what, like, what if we just go explore? And we ended up selling everything we owned, um, our car, we moved out of our apartment um, and packed backpacks. And starting, it was actually December 19th, 2020, we set off. And we have been full-time traveling since then in backpacks. And I, you know, I helped lead our company and I served as a president of Site Midwest, our industry incentive association last year. Um, and then during all that, I was sharing with the industry and, you know, fellow meeting planners and colleagues, here's the state of safety in this destination. Here's how you can consider hosting a safe event in this destination and just wanted to share everything I was learning far and wide, just to make sure that our industry was more knowledgeable about what was happening on the ground and, and more confident in a state of safety and that we can host safe events. So just wanting to be that resource and that's kind of what set it off. Wow, that is super impressive. I love that so much. So <laughs> how did you decide like who you were going to connect with when you went to each country? Like was, you know, were the, the hotels, resorts, you know, the other businesses are open to connecting mm -hmm. and sharing all of that information? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we started traveling in a time when nobody else was traveling. So it was right. kind of like open arms, please come visit us, please come learn about us. And, um, you know, and personally, because I have travel in my blood and my grandparents were such pioneers with this industry, they always loved off the beaten path and, and so do I. Um, so I really wanted to find destinations that were a little bit more off the beaten path. And I, I call them underdog destinations because in events and incentives, we are often very focused on those destinations that have all that infrastructure that are over prepared to welcome large groups. Um, but as I considered, you know, where's the future of meeting and events? I know it's it's not always going to be that five-star luxury experience. Like companies want to bring together their whole teams. And we, you know, with these remote workforces, how can we create experiences that aren't going to break their budget? So I started staying in more of those underdog destinations, like um, Guatemala and Slovenia and Belize and started learning about like what their special sauce was <laughs> and you know like and just learning about what made those destinations tick and how I could envision meetings and events and retreats in those different places. Wow what were some of your favorite places that you stayed? It was, it was those unknown ones because that's where you're like wowed the most. Um, I would say my first big wow was Colombia. Um, it is just such a special destination. And, and what I like about that off the beaten path travel is you get to really challenge stereotypes because I'm living like a local, like I'm not staying in hotels. I'm staying in local Airbnbs supporting the local community and going to the local grocery stores. Like 
that's my life. I'm not a, just staying at hotels. I do hotel site visits, but I really wanted to immerse myself in the different destinations and get to know the people and their culture and their cuisine and traditions. Um, so, you know, going to a place like Colombia, I remember so many friends and family were scared. They're like, are you, are you sure it's gonna be okay? Is it safe there? And, you know, my experience was that it was completely safe. And it was one of my favorite places that I traveled all year last year. And it is so vibrant and colorful and full of dance and street food and rooftop bars and the best coffee plantations on the planet. Um, so I, I really liked being able to challenge the stereotypes that, that we have. Um, and really get to see what is what's the real landscape like, not just from a COVID landscape, but what is the culture? How do people interact? How would they welcome visitors? Because that's so important as an event professional that you know we're sharing that story of the destination. Yeah, and what a unique perspective because you know not very many people are doing that. So for you <laughs> to have like actually immersed yourself and lived in those locations and been able to share with like you know, potent, you know, event planners that are potentially going to host an event there. That's, that's really unique. So yeah, I love hearing all about that. So let's get to um, the incentive trip you just had in Hawaii, okay. for 600 people. So I'm going to ask you a couple different questions and just kind of get some tips from you. But overall, can you just kind of share about the event high level? Yeah, so this incentive has been two years in the making. And it was initially planned for 600 people. And it was an awards driven trip. So everybody who was attending, they earned their way to come. So that means we got to make sure that everything is perfect, that it is special and seamless, and they are, you know, wonderfully wowed and pampered throughout the whole trip. So it was, it was couples and it was a six night program in Maui and our planning team did an incredible job over the past two years navigating every single hurdle there could possibly be with this large of a group. And, um, you know, when we put this on, we kicked off, I think, January 16th. I call that week, like, the biggest pandemic pothole. You know how, like, I think events, we, they ebb and flow in how COVID is running its course. And there's some weeks that it's totally fine. And you're like, as an event planner, Phew, we made yeah. it through, it's okay. <laughs> but this was not that week. Like this was the week that had the highest peak of COVID cases oh, like gosh. in the world. Um, and it, it really was this pandemic pothole. And luckily our, our clients were trusting that we were you know, gonna support them and handhold them throughout every moment of this happening. Um, in the end, there, of course, were a lot of hurdles. We, of course, try to hide all that. So attendees are having <laughs> the best time ever and don't know anything about us running around behind the scenes. Yeah, so um, the attendees do not see it or experience yeah, that it's happening behind the exactly. scenes. It, it did not happen. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. It was so perfect. <laughs> um, and we, I think one of the big lessons learned is we, this was the biggest program that we put on since the pandemic started. Um, we've of course handled bigger programs, but this, this is the biggest one since the pandemic started. And I can't say enough about when you are ready to step into that really big program for the first time back, it made a world of a difference that we had already worked with that hotel. So we were with the Hyatt Regency in Maui. We knew their team. We've put on events there before. 
We know their general manager, their sales team is on our speed dial. Uh, we know the CSMs, we know the landscape. So I, it was a huge relief and comfort to, to be able to partner with a hotel that we were already very familiar with. So I highly recommend that if you know, you're coming back for the first time with a big event, you know, look to the partners who know you, who you trust. Uh, you can ask those hard requests of, you can, you know, twist each other's arm a little bit because that really made the program really successful. Yeah, I know. I always talk about that, just the importance of the vendors and the hotel and everybody you partner with, because that can make and break your event just with, you know, their support and how they make the attendees feel being at their mm -hmm. property. And so that, that makes so much sense. And yeah. I guess like, what would you say is some of the hurdles that you know, you were dealing with behind the scenes in this type of situation? Yeah. And I think, I think the lead up, we all know this in events, is that the rules kept changing. And with a destination like Hawaii, like I think of it as more of a delicate destination because they have to be so much more protective of their communities because the, the hospitals can't handle large intake of people needing support. Right. And that is something, you know, we absolutely want to be able to support and make sure we are hosting safe events. So we're being a good partner back to the destinations and partners that we're working with. Um, but it was just managing the constant changes, you know, all of a sudden we, it was required that you have to be either vaccinated or tested to get into Hawaii. Um, and then there were big changes around their tax laws in Hawaii. So there was an additional 3% hotel tax oh out of gosh. nowhere. <laughs> um, that happened a week before our program. Um, there was also, it was also, there was a new regulation that was supposed to take an effect during our program that said you are not considered fully vaccinated unless you are approved to be boosted and you are boosted. That got pushed back like the week before we got there to this week. <laughs> um, so it was just managing how we siphon through all this information, make it understandable because oftentimes the government websites and how they share things, it's confusing. And, you know, as, as we are leaders in the industry and supporting our clients, it's got to be seamless. It's got to be easy. You know, every word we use, it should, a third grader should understand it. So there's no confusion whatsoever because we have attendees coming from all over the world too. Right. So we want to make sure it's easy to absorb. So it's, you have to like, retweak your brain to figure out how to communicate these really confusing regulations. And then we're conveying things and then it's changing. Um, so that was, that was a big hurdle pre-event. Um, and then I would say on-site, the first two days were really challenging because unfortunately people who needed to get tested to arrive, that was the peak of COVID in January. And we unfortunately lost about 10% of the group. Wow. Um, who, you know, so that 
essentially we had to throw out every rooming list, every airport transfer, every activity, every seating list, every every restaurant reservation, because it didn't make sense anymore. It was like everything's oh. crossed out and highlighted and crossed out. <laughs> so we basically replanned the event based on those initial changes. Um, and not only were we seeing those challenges from you know, attendees not being able to come in, we were seeing those challenges with vendors that we were partnering with. So some one example is we had a fishing charter that was going. The, the captain was in Alaska. He couldn't get a test and he was supposed to fly back the day before. So this huge, exciting fishing tournament, we had to find a new captain. Um, another example was so many of the drivers as of anywhere, drivers have different licenses. So you have a different license if you can drive a motor coach versus if you can drive a little, you know, quick shuttle. People, those senior motor coach drivers that have a special license, they were getting COVID. So we had to change up our motor coach and transportation plan because of vendors who were getting COVID and could no longer work and needed to quarantine. So that affected the budget because you have to have more vehicles, more labor, more gas. Um, so it was just like an endless, it was like <laughs> tennis. It was like COVID tennis. You know, like, okay, throw a new ball at us and like, we're going to hit it back at you with a new solution because we've like gone through the alphabet at this point of how we come up with plan B, C, D and, and so on. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And just, I mean, and you know how organized you have to be just with an event that doesn't have all of these factors. So thank goodness that they had your team planning the event. So you could like roll with the punches and like make it all work and do all of that behind the scenes. So how did you feel overall when the event was over? Like, did it feel like it ran smoothly in the attendees eyes? Every single attendee that it was their favorite trip ever. Oh my gosh. And even our clients are are the lead meeting planner that we support their whole C-suite said it was their favorite trip ever. And I think, I think that has to do with a lot of things. I think we're so excited to travel again. And there's just, I mean, they've known about this destination for a year and a half. So the hype up has been around for a while. So I think it's the lead time, the pent up excitement and eagerness to travel. The destination is really special. I mean, our client decided to do Hawaii, which is, you know, it's a bigger budget um, destination because they knew that their attendees were waiting a long time to go on this trip. So they wanted to make it extra special. Um, So I, and I think we, there were also things on site that were extra special. Like there was, we worked with Maui Gym sunglasses to add a gifting component. So there was there was extra investment in making sure everyone felt the love and felt their award was like over the top more than it ever had been. That's funny. So we, the first incentive trip I ever did was in Maui um, at the oh, Ritz Carlton. Yeah. And okay. then I've done, I've done a couple incentives in Hawaii and we did the Maui gym sunglasses too. Yeah. So it's so fun to hear about like Hawaii definitely has a special place in my heart. Um, I would love to hear just like you're talking about some of those experiences. A lot of the listeners are entrepreneurs that like to mm-hmm. host retreats for their community or, you know, events. I would love to hear just your advice or some of the things that you've done either at this event in the past that really like helps people to feel like VIPs, like different experiences or 
your special gifts, you know, mm-hmm. what would you say is some of your favorite things? I think, I think what's most important is getting to know the attendee and really understanding what gets them excited, what makes them happy. And, and we start with, you know, with the registration experience, when people are signing up, we like to encourage questions that are more qualitative. Like, yes, we need to know your dietary needs. Yes, we need to know your passport number. Do you like, uh, you know, window or aisle seat on the plate? You know, got to get all that stuff. But also saying, hey, are you celebrating anything this week? Um, what was your favorite memory from a past trip? What are you most oh, looking like forward to? So really asking more of those feel good questions. It also makes registration a better experience because registration is like, you know, it's kind of boring. I don't want to fill all this stuff out. But if you plug in some feel good questions, it makes that attendee journey a little bit better. And then we get to know their wants and their, you know, what, what they're excited about. So then we try to think about how we incorporate those things throughout the program. Um, I think a really fun thing we've done is asking a favorite song and then, you know, creating a playlist and having some of those songs in the welcome reception DJ list, or, you know, if you've got a live band, so you can really personalize those touches in a special way. Um, so we've done that in terms of gifting. I think gifting that is experiential is so much more special than just sending a room delivery. Yes, room deliveries are awesome and the surprises are so fun, but how can you do it in a way that there's interaction? Like, as you know, with Maui Gym, like it is a blast to see everybody, you know, putting on the sunglasses, looking in the mirror, like, oh girl, you look good. Like, that's the one, you know, like it's fun. It's an experience. They remember that. And and with events, you know, it's also about that return on investment. Every time somebody wears or uses that gift, your your logo, your brand is attached to it. Even if it's not there, the memory is there. Um, little things that you can do on site are, you know, the, the night before a program we've done, uh, or I'm sorry, the night before departure day, send milk and a cookie that is, you know, connected to that destination. So like macadamia nut cookies to the room saying, you know, you're almost home. We hope you feel like you felt we hope it felt like home while you were with us and we wish you a a safe return back or, you know, just, just those extra special touches that are, you don't have to go over the top, but if you speak to someone's heart, it's meaningful and it's never forgotten. Yeah, Um, it is. It's it's all that little, like the personalization that you were talking about and just, you know, the attendees feeling like you care and those little things, like those are the things that they remember, like they're going to, they have a great time, but then just like, oh, you know, it was our anniversary and they sent us like something special to our room that evening or all of that. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I love that so much. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even other things that we've done, we like decorate the room, Uh, you know, even, even if it's not their birthday or their anniversary or something, you know, sometimes we'll bring decorations and decorate the room and the destination theme. Um, so it's just a little bit more special. That was a little tricky during COVID because we weren't allowed in the rooms beforehand. Now things are getting a little bit more lax. So luckily we're allowed in the room. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. That makes me remember when I, I had just had a baby and I had an incentive trip um, at the Ritz Carlton in Cancun. And mm-hmm. my mom came and brought my daughter because she was, she was really little. She was just a couple months old and they mm-hmm. decorated the whole room, like with stuffed animals and like a uh, crib and did all of that stuff. And like, mm-hmm. I will never forget that. 
you know, it's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. it's so sweet. Do yeah. you and do, you'll remember that forever? Forever. Yes. I yeah. just I loved it. So how do you structure? Do you have any tips around kind of structuring an agenda? Um and you know, like the mix of free time versus scheduled mm-hmm. activities. And what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I think. I mean, the biggest thing we've always heard from attendees is don't schedule too much. Um, right. We, and especially with incentives, you know, it's different. It's we've earned this. We want to, We want to relax with our partner. Um, things with maybe a retreat, you know, you might want to have it more structured. Um, you know, I, I always recommend that it's it's a good balance of both, and you've got to plug in some wow because those it's those wow moments that people remember forever, and and you do want to bring people together. I think you know, some of the best moments are the simple ones, you know, scheduling dine arounds with six people at different restaurants each night, or, you know, making sure that there's a place that you can go for the pool party, you know, you can go hang out anywhere at the pool, or you can come to our pool party, and we've got a DJ and drinks and food. Um, I think it's, it's really dependent on how you want your guests to feel. Um, with it, with incentives, we, we know our clients really don't want their guests dipping into their own pocket. So if it's not an all-inclusive, how can we design experiences all throughout? So there are opportunities if they want to come to the pool party or they want to go on the catamaran, you know, there isn't anything that's affecting their own personal budget. Yeah, that's um, so important. Yeah. And I'd also say, you know, some of my favorite things are the local experiences. Uh, you know, you can incorporate CSR in a really fun way. It doesn't have to be, you know, the out of, you know, the there's a lot of cookie cutter CSR experiences, but you can do really special ones that are meaningful to the community. Um, or one time I worked on a program where we asked the hotel, you know, do their team members need anything? Is there anything that we can help with that would make a meaningful impact. And at the time there was a, a team member whose son was going through a pretty severe, um, he was living with epilepsy and he needed brain surgery. So for one of the evening events, we did a, an auction fundraiser and we oh, were, and so the little boy was able to come and share a little bit about his story. And you know, people fell in love with him. They wanted to support him. His name was Carlos. He loved transformers and drawing and his dream was to ride a bike. Um, and he never been, had been able to because his seizures affected him being able to hold the handle rails. Um, so we were able to raise enough money for him to get his surgery. And I think when you are able to really bring people together, not just raise money for a cause, but raise it for a specific person that you know, that you adore already, it just makes it more impactful. And then that bond lasts forever. And, and, you know, Carlos is doing great right now and he's riding bike and making the best drawings ever. Um, And now we get to update those attendees with how Carlos is. And that's, you know, those bonding moments that last forever. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really special. I was going to ask you about um, basically like the check-in process, because that is, you know, the first moment that they're, they're getting there and interacting. And, you know, I've definitely seen a different incentive trips when we've had, you know, destination management companies managing tables where they weren't as friendly or mm-hmm. they, you know, the experience just wasn't as good as it could have been. And, and obviously that's so, so important. So do you have anything that you guys do or any tips for people that are, you know, hosting events and retreats that is important to really have at that first touch point? 
Absolutely. I mean, Maui specific is so easy because you've got Lay's right there. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, you've got that Lay greeting at the airport. Um, I think some things that we've done, especially when there's longer commute times, um, you know, from the airport to the hotel, you can hire an entertainer to be on the bus and you can share some interesting tidbits about the destination. You could have someone doing comedy. You could have someone even singing. Um, we've done things where, you know, halfway through the, the commute, it will look like somebody's like hitch, trying to hitchhike and the bus driver pulls over and it ends up being like, a group that comes to entertain the bus, but it's like, wait, what are we doing? You know, it's like that surprise and delight experience. That is so um, creative. Oh my gosh, yeah. I love that. I've never heard of that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's great for programs in Costa Rica because there's usually long commute times from the airport to the hotel. Um, but also when, you know, when the buses get to the hotel, we have someone on our team or we encourage one of our clients to get on the bus and just do a really quick welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Um, I think it's important that when attendees arrive to the hotel for the first time that either someone on our team or a member of like the, the senior team of our clients gets on the bus or the vehicle and says, we're so happy that you're here and really provides that warm heartfelt welcome. Uh, usually it's a really long travel day. So how do you make the little touch points special? Um, what was really important for this time in Maui it was very confusing managing Maui's destination uh, safe travels regulations. So when attendees landed, they had to show their QR code saying they had either been tested or they're vaccinated and they filled out all of the health forms that Maui requires. But after that, you then have to log in to your safe travels website and re-download the QR code. And after what was often like a 20 hour commute for some people, it's like, oh my goodness, I have to do more. Like, can you just check me in? So we, you know, like every 10 feet, we had someone from our team as they were walking to the, the satellite check-in saying, can I help you pull this? Can I help pull this up for you? And we had a, a document where they could scan the Q, scan a QR code, take them directly to the Safe Travels website. And we had a whole spiel, you know, welcome to Maui. We're so glad that you're here. There's one final step before we can check you in. Uh, let me help you with your Safe Travels documentation. And then they would say, oh, I've already got that. And I would say, you know, there's one more step. We're going to make it really easy. Let me get you a Mai Tai. And I've got somebody else coming over to put another lay on them. And so it was just, how do I occupy people? after they've had likely a 20 hour day to get to Maui um, and how do I calm them down? Because there's a lot of times this was the first time people were traveling. This is the first flight they'd been on since COVID. So we're not only like creating this wow experience, we're making sure people feel calm. They feel confident that we've set an incredible experience that's also safe for them. And they're also tired. It's a long travel day. So, you know, making sure that you have your spiel down when people are coming. So you know how to greet them with exactly the right information. You're not overwhelming them. You've got drinks in hand. You've got the lay, you know, get a band, get some food. Like the arrival, you can't lose people there. It's got to be great. And now it's, you know, safety is important, but logistics of managing safety, such as that safe travels website with Hawaii, 
it's so important we get it right. And it's, we had to do dress rehearsals. Like, let me deal with somebody who's really frustrated, who's really exhausted. How do you calm them down? Because that, you know, it happens. So, okay, get your smile on, get your really concise spiel, get the Mai Tai, you know, and it has to be a dress rehearsal. Yeah, it's so important. And like we talked about having the right people there that can handle that with grace and and make the person feel really important and that you're there to like help them get through, get through it and everything. Yeah, that was was the lesson learned. Yeah. What about, um, do you have any feedback around like budgeting tips, like overall? I would say you have to plan, I would say add 15% to your budget Mm -hmm. and don't be upset about it because it's going to happen. I mean, as I told you, there, there are completely things we could never had control over. Like the fact that destinations are adding a hotel tax like Hawaii is with 3% or Cancun just added a new visitor tax that I think it's $7 or $11 a person. So there's all these new taxes that destinations are incorporating into the visitor experience because they need to recoup all of those losses. Um, they also invested a lot of money in infrastructure and technology to create all of these systems for safe travel and you know, collecting the information, brand new websites, apps, all that stuff. Um, another, you know, as I shared with transportation, you know, our transportation budget got blown out the window because at no fault of our own. Drivers weren't available to drive the large motor coaches that we had set. So we had to pay more in the smaller sprinter vehicles. Um, We had a catamaran. We had to book another tour because catamaran occupancies dropped because there weren't enough staff members. It wasn't even for this one. It wasn't even a requirement of occupancy for the destination, which is another reason you need to add budget. But this one, the... Catamaran said, we don't have enough people to staff 49 guests. We, we have to lower it. So then we had to, you have to book another one. Um, so it's just, and you know, rates are going up with, de- with, um, with hotels. And, and I always say like, add to your gratuity budget. The people that are going to make your event seamless are everybody on site. It's the housekeepers, it's the bellmen, it's the front desk check-in, it's it's the security guards. Like I had our security guard in Maui on speed dial. I needed him all the time. <laughs> um, so, you know, we have to show some love to our hospitality partners who are behind the scenes helping us make it look seamless. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you might be coming back there again and you want to have that great relationship with them and you want to make them feel good about like how great they, you know, treated your attendees and how they helped make that experience. Exactly. And one of of the special things that we do is one of our core values that achieve is give the world. So we go above and beyond, we go the extra mile. And when we are on site, we give a give the world award out to someone from the hotel or DMC who's given the world. Um, and really help to make the program special and awesome and safe. And this year we, we gave it to Owen, who was a bellman with the Maui Hyatt. He's been with the Hyatt for 37 years mm-hmm. and has been with us for every program that we've ever hosted there. And Owen is the reason first impressions and last impressions are good at the Hyatt. You know, as a bellman, you're the one of the first people, first 
first person somebody sees. Um, and he and his team made sure we had over a thousand pieces of luggage that were not lost, got directly sent to the new homes in, their, in the hotel rooms. Um, but that's been a really special way that we can really recognize the people who, who help us give the world to our clients and their attendees. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. So question, if, mm -hmm. if you had to pick like your top three favorite destinations for incentive trips in general, like if someone was to come and ask, what would you say? Oh, that's so hard. That's, I don't, I don't have kids, but I feel like this would be similar to like, what's your favorite kid? Um, <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, I might do two categories. Can I do like a dream destination yes. from those like underdog destinations that I really love? Yes, do okay. whatever you want. <laughs> okay, okay. I would say dream underdog destinations that I would love organizations to consider on their off the beaten path events or retreats. Kenya, I mean, oh. there is nothing more wow than a safari. Um, I would add, uh, I would add Colombia. I mean, Colombia is just so special with dance and coffee culture and just it's so vibrant and special and then I would say Slovenia okay it's like all those like weird wacky wait I've heard of that but I don't know anything about that destination when you can wow people and like really surprise the heck out of them I think that's when you can really get uh, a lot of excitement so Slovenia was really special um, and then in terms of where to host events Honestly, I have a hard time saying that anybody, any country has better hospitality than Mexico. Really? Yeah. I mean, I had actually, I had one of my best experiences in Cancun. Um, mm -hmm. That was like my favorite with, yeah. the, with the customer service. Yeah. I mean, Mexican hospitality is real and they have got it down. And that just helps us deliver even better experiences for our clients. So, it's, it's too hard to pick favorites, but I do love <laughs> Mexican hospitality. <laughs> uh, those are so good. And so curiously, do you work with, I know we've talked a lot about some big events, but do you also do smaller, like what is the range of like sizes you usually work with for events? Typically we're anywhere from like 20 to a thousand people okay. supporting. So anywhere, anywhere in between there. Okay, nice. And how many people do you have at your company? So we've got about 15 full-time peeps who are awesome and they range from our, um, you know, our, our contract specialists and magic makers and contracts, our planning team. We have a design and website registration team and then also our Air Force One, which is our in-house air team. So we coordinate all flights for, for programs. Wow. So what country are you going to right now or what's, what's your next stop? <laughs> So I actually leave Sunday for Los Cabos. We've got another program there. Wow. And we'll be at LeBlanc Hotel there, which is a beautiful adults only all-inclusive. And it's whale season in Los Cabos. So oh, even better. And then I actually go to Argentina next on my uh, live like a local work from the world life. <laughs> this is just amazing. Like the stories that you can tell. And is your husband in the business with you then too? He's not, he's, he's in technology. He's, uh, so he's very far from the business, but uh, I get to, it's funny when we first started doing this, cause this is, we're over 400 days of this life now of being 
backpacking. Uh, I, I say we're professional backpackers, but like it's because we're professionals. We're not professional backpackers. We are professionals who backpack. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Because uh, we're like not hitchhiking. So uh, right. it's a little bit more glamorous with taxis, you know, and not hitchhiking down the street. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he's in it. At first I, I was like the planner of our life, but I got overwhelmed doing, you know, doing that in, in work life and in our regular personal life. So he's become the planner of our partnership, which has been the greatest joy for me. <laughs> oh, that's great. I know. I feel the same way. Like I'll be so organized and like my, my work and with events and everything. And then in your personal life, sometimes it's like, oh, I can't just do it everywhere all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, gosh, yeah. We, we, well, yeah, this was such a fun conversation. Like I love getting to know you. I am so glad that you reached out on Instagram. <laughs> I, just I am feel too, like and I love your page. You have so many great tips to share. Um, so I, I can't wait to continue following along, get inspired by you. Oh my gosh. I feel the same way about you. And I know I have a feeling that we'll, you know, do some things together in the future. And is there anything that. else that you want to share with the listeners? Ooh, um, so my, my favorite thing about events is really how you can incorporate local communities into that. I think as event leaders, as event professionals, we have just like the greatest power in the world. We are bridge builders, we're culture connectors, and it's so special that we can connect different communities and cultures together. And, you know, if you have ideas for or you know, great best practices for some of the special ways that you've connected community, the local communities in your destination events with your attendees. Like, I would love to hear those stories, like inspire me because I have so many ideas based on the destinations I've lived in for the past year. And that's where I get the most excited. So I just, I'd say message me on Instagram at Ashley Rose on the road and tell me your special stories. Oh, that's so good. And I was going to ask you like your favorite place to connect with people. So that would be Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, we'll put that all in the episode notes and I am just so excited for this conversation and we will talk soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, everyone. And I would say mahalo, which is thank you in Hawaiian. <laughs> oh, I love it. Mahalo. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at Event of Brush and in our private Facebook group where we continue this conversation. All of these details are listed in the episode notes. Your time is valuable and I appreciate that you spent it with me.